what excites me more is to you know save lives using technology and whatever it takes to reach every person on earth right so that's sort of the vision like you know then you have to innovate right you know uh, one of the direction of innovation is in miniaturizing um, or or bringing this uh, breast cancer screening to the mobile phones right so now you have just starting to see mobile phones with thermal camera embedded in them or part of the whole system so uh, we now have an app which can do the sort of full screening if it actually somebody can get hold of this sort of uh, thermal camera enabled phones right hi welcome to forbes india's the daily tech conversation where we bring you insights from tech entrepreneurs cxos and investors from around the world whose work has a bearing on india I'm Hari Arakli and my guest today is Dr. Geeta Manjunath, founder and CEO of Niramai Health Analytics, who has won multiple awards for her work in computer science and AI applied to healthcare. In this conversation, Dr. Geeta talks about plans to take Niramai's early stage cancer detection technology to the advanced markets starting with the UK. She also talks about how the day is in far when cancer detection will be possible using smartphones. Dr. Geeta, welcome to this podcast. Fantastic to have you with us. Of course, you are no stranger to Forbes India, but it's nice to have you on this podcast. Thank you, Hari. It's a pleasure. A lot of folks, of course, already know about uh, Niramai and your pioneering work with early stage cancer detection. So I thought uh, we could start by, you know, asking you about maybe an update in terms of how Thermalytics, your product, has evolved from the early days. Maybe you can talk about some recent uh, innovations that you've uh, brought into it. Sure. Uh, for those of you, uh, you know, who haven't heard about Niramai, maybe a quick uh, two-minute recap. Um, so, uh, Niramai has developed a new method of detecting breast cancer using artificial intelligence over thermal images. So, basically, all uh, that needs to be done is to take, uh, you know, temperature variations on the chest using a thermal sensor or an infrared camera and uh, measure uh, these Uh, thermal distribution points basically there are four lakh temperature points per person that is measured and these are analyzed to generate a report automatically to say whether there is a likely abnormality in the breast or uh, if so where exactly it is likely to be which quadrant which block position which breast and what is the probability that it is actually cancer so all of this is automatically generated and so the fun part is uh, you know uh, the screening can be done by uh, simple girls and females in general um, uh, who don't need to be doctors however the reports can be reviewed by a doctor before handing it over to the end user so so hari uh, what, what has happened over time is uh, i think um, you know when you actually take a technology and uh, implement on the ground uh, there are several things uh, that crop up uh, for example when you want to make really the end users to be less and less tech savvy and you want to sort of scale up by doing these screenings in villages and so on uh, the 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 software has to be uh, you know more and more smarter so that's what we learned and uh, a bunch of innovations to make sure that people uh, don't make mistakes while uh, you know taking these images um, particularly you know in terms of how we position the person in front of uh, the device uh, how much uh, time we give for what's called as pre-cooling uh, preparation um, of the patient itself herself and then also to make sure that the right kind of views are taken so all of this uh, is completely automatically checked during the 
you know imaging itself and uh, this is uh, these have already uh, also re- uh, resulted in uh, multiple patents uh, which have been some of the new ones that we've got so so for those of you who are tech savvy we have now managed to get 26 international granted patents so i think that's that's uh, a big tech uh, advancement that we've done and uh, we have uh, now deployed it in uh, 100 plus locations uh, in 19 cities in india today and then uh, we've got international expansion basically international clearance uh, for europe and africa and, and also certain uh, asian countries so um yeah i guess uh, one of the big news is that nirama is going international so we have an office in uk as well now so that's sort of uh, very exciting for uh, me and my team i have to say that's uh, really inspiring that you've built it out of india and you're taking it to the advanced economies give us a couple of examples of uh, the kinds of innovations that you have uh, patented i mean i'll try my best to understand the technical aspects but i know that there are listeners out there who are interested in some of these technical aspects so it might be interesting to get a sense of the kind of innovations uh, that you have patented sure so uh, the first bunch of uh, ideas uh, were mainly in trying to make uh, the overall solution Uh, as accurate or uh, more accurate than uh, the existing methods right so it's really about what are the key aspects of the machine learning algorithm or the key features that are used in the machine learning algorithm that um, you know are novel enough to actually make a huge difference in the accuracy of the whole system so for example um you know typically when we talk about machine learning and machine learning on medical imaging um you know people think about a cnn model or deep learning model where tons of uh, you know images are thrown at it with prop- prop- appropriate labels and outcomes a model yes that can be done that can be done in cases where there's huge amount of data that's already available uh, wonderfully well um, you know tagged uh, data i would say that is by doctors and experts trying to say whether there's cancer or not and so on and so forth unfortunately for us that was not the case right so we uh, started off with a new imaging modality or renewed imaging modality uh, if uh, if so so basically it's thermal imaging and there's absolutely no data set with tons of uh, you know images and exact marking of there are a bunch of couple of uh, sites where these images are available but uh, the tags and the class labels uh, that are associated with it are uh, hardly dependable you know we in fact found that they are erroneous as well so um so with that in the picture uh, what uh, uh, we had to do was to innovate uh, in the way we actually build the training set build the machine learning model as well so um so initially we started off with the uh, statistical features like everyone does and then later we actually uh, also brought in um you know domain dependent features and these domain dependent features happen to be novel features as well like for example nobody has ever thought about uh, you know drawing a boundary of a Uh, what we call as hotspot and start observing the structure of the hotspot hotspot means yes you know a spot which is hot is a uh, higher temperature uh, which is significant of higher thermal activity however uh, just because there is a high thermal activity it may not be cancer and also the decision of uh, you know what is um you know high temperature versus what is not high temperature is is so much dependent on the distribution of the body and so on so <clears throat> I, i already talked about three patterns here so one is how do we actually model the um you know abnormality with just looking at the structure of the hot spot and what what do we mean by structure you know of the hot spot and then 
what is hot versus what is warm versus what is not so that how do we determine in a very relative manner very um, you know um, personalized manner so those two are kind of you know um two two three uh, pat- patents i would say uh, which which resulted in granted patents in us um and then um, you know another patent uh, is in um, how do we do this in a privacy aware manner right uh, so that's a design patent which is usually very uh, you know common in india where you know that's a, like a box and the person is sitting here and how do we ensure that it's the right positioning is done everything fully automated so some kind of a automated box where we can do the screening that is half implemented not fully implemented because you know we still don't have a completely autonomous screening device but we hope to do so uh, shortly and so that one of the patents is there and maybe i'll just talk about two more and uh, uh, the more recent ones are when I, i talked about how the uh, test itself can be done um, by you no know, low skilled um, you know female um, technicians and so so here they make a lot of mistakes i mentioned and the tool identifies these errors so for example uh, you know um which view it is 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 a new interesting problem right you know um is it uh, uh, left lateral 90 degrees uh, facing the um imager or not and these kinds of like you know view labeling and ensuring that uh, the errors uh, and the guidance that is given uh, enables the technician to position the person in the right view so all of these are also patented so yeah it goes up to almost 20 new ideas but yeah so there are also generic uh, patents not necessarily only for breast cancer for example one of the new uh, things that the audience may be aware about aware of uh, in the ai space is explainability of ai so typically when you use a deep learning kind of model uh, there are a you know bunch of uh, features which will which, which nobody can understand what exactly those features mean and features are like 0.002 into 10 power minus 6 okay if you tell that to a doctor he or she will not be able to understand whether it's a high value or a low value so we figured out a way of converting these uh, numbers into you know standard kind of a scale that we are used to 1 to 10 and 10 is highest zero like lowest type right so we have managed to find a method of uh, doing this for every feature that a deep learning um, you know um, generates because uh, these these are also statistically learned features right so so that is uh, that that's my favorite one the latest one that we got in uh, which it is independent of uh, you know whether it's breast cancer independent of thermal imaging and independent of any machine learning model i'm very excited about that one which is pure pure uh, ml uh, innovation as well hmm. briefly the expansion into uk how will that work you will partner with uh, uh, nhs or uh, hospitals there so um of course um, you know all of these studies or expansion take a lot of money hopefully we'll get the next round of funding to make it really really good uh, having said that so we have actually started um, uh, we created a unit in in london um, because uk has a wonderful uh, facility of course uh, through nhs um, uh, facility to uh, support innovation you know uh, try out new innovations on the ground so um the national institute of health research nihr which has a lot of grants and funds for such research so we are awaiting uh, the, the results of the final round but uh, yeah so our hope is to actually sort of uh, you know get the funds to do the initial research 
तो एक्सपेंशन तो एनी कंट्री फॉर अ मेडिकल डिवाइस दो रेगुलेटरी क्लियर वी गॉट अ सी मार्क सो या इट्स 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 कंप्लीटली लीगल एंड रेगुलेटरी क्लियर टू एक्चुअली यूज आर टेस्ट इन इन एनी ऑफ द कंट्रीज इन यूरोप हैविंग सेड दैट टिपिकली एज यू यू वुड एग्री राइट यू नो देयर इज अ डॉक्टर हु इज रिकमेंडिंग अ पर्टिकुलर टेस्ट ही और शी वांट्स टू मेक श्योर इट एक्चुअली वर्क्स ऑन देयर पेशेंट्स सो आवर प्लान इन यूके इज टू फर्स्ट स्टार्ट क्लिनिकल स्टडी uh you know in two or three nhs sites and uh, and then make sure and, and, and generate data generate uh, evidence that it actually works well on uh, uk women and uh, clearly adds value uh, in an economic front as well as uh, you know accessibility automation and better results for dense press is a global issue that we are solving and uh, then uh, you know um, uh, we believe nhs has the right uh, Uh, policies in place to adopt uh, uh, tests which are being tested in their own uh, on their own ground on on on, on women uh, in strict uh, following strict guidelines so uh, we are hoping that 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 will work out well as well but to start with uh, we have identified three nhs uh, uh, cities or like partners where uh, we will be uh, starting our initial clinical study in in terms of accuracy that is required for medical purposes what kind of accuracy uh, has uh, thermalytics achieved now so we have come a long way uh, i remember in 2017 we started off with 75% accuracy now we have come a long long way i would say in healthcare we now we talk about sensitivity and specificity which is sensitivity is ability to detect cancer specificity is ability to detect no cancer so uh, Uh, you know i'm i'm glad to let you know and i always touched on this that so far um uh, on screening population we have been able to get 100% sensitivity we have not missed any cancer that has been found in mammography ultrasound or mri particularly in women without symptoms which is the screening population um with a very low uh, false positive rate and then um in symptomatic women our accuracy is uh, or our sensitivity is more than 90% which is which is great because that's the diagnostic use case which is uh, you know which is also very high value today and that is the reason why we have been able to go on the ground and uh, promote this as a uh, screening test you know for women who have never done a test before women who may not have any symptom but they just want to do it from a preventive care standpoint or who have who have uh, a symptom but they're not able to come to a hospital also because our test is very portable can be taken uh, to homes we started home screening oh if i got i forgot to mention that right we started screening at home like the first ever time breast cancer screening was provided at the privacy of their homes right so that is something that we started during covid and uh, so yeah you know um, any person can take this test uh, with or without symptoms so that confidence is because of the results we have got and these have been published in uh, top reputed um, medical journal oncology journals as well so uh, by by reputed doctors not necessarily lab tests by us you already said that uh, this can this screening can be administered by uh, someone who does not need to be a doctor someone who can be trained to do it quickly how portable is your device i mean so is mm. it kind of as portable as you know putting it on the back of a bike yeah it is portable uh, we have not tried the back definitely in the dicky of an ola uh, definitely it is gone in 
uh, it is uh, the size of your cabin baggage, you know, allowed cabin baggage oh, right okay. now. The reason, is, uh, I mean, uh, the reason is because there's a small cooler that goes along with it. The device itself is very portable. You can just put it in your backpack and definitely you can take it on a cycle <laughs> uh, as long as there's some cooling equipment in the, in the place where you're doing the screening. Otherwise, uh, we take a small cooler also, which is um, three-fourth the size of a gas uh, cylinder type thing, right? So maybe half the size of that. And so that also is carried upon. Yeah, we could possibly put it on a bike as well. We should try. The only thing is we limit the technician to be a female technician just to keep the uh, confidence and comfort of the lady being screened. Though though she does not see, uh, you know, uh, it's just, the confidence uh, that you know somebody out there just next in the same room right so um but uh, yeah i mean uh, we could possibly put it on the back uh, of of a driver of a motorcycle yeah possibly but right now it's 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 a cabin baggage size and and how early can thermolytics uh, accurately def- detect uh, breast cancer we've been able to detect uh, lesions as small as 4 mm and 5 mm in in size which is uh, stage zero by definition. Mm. And uh, yeah, definitely many stage one and stage two uh, for, you know, with, with 100% uh, you know, accuracy. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the business aspects of uh, Niramai in the sense that, I mean, we all know that in India, building a commercial business based on uh, deep science and engineering takes a long time, takes a lot of perseverance. Tell us about uh, some of the real tough challenges that you had to overcome to make thermolytics both accurate and affordable. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, And you're absolutely right. Uh, It takes time to get a deep tech onto the ground Um, and particularly health tech, deep tech, right? Uh, So um, I think initially we thought, uh, you know, we can just sort of do a study in inside the lab or with one hospital and sort of, you know, start selling. Um, while uh, thermography has been around and that was sort of uh, approved as an adjunct modality, uh, we did have the first customer uh, in the first year where uh, this test was used alongside other tests. Um, uh, having said that, when we actually went to serious uh, kind of uh, business discussions with customers and top hospitals, they just said, you know, it's a new test and uh, how do we believe that this actually works? And, uh, you know, even though, of course, it's radiation-free and you have, uh, you know, some publications. So I think the first and foremost, uh, you know, learning for us was to make sure that our studies are uh, world-class when I say world-class in terms of, uh, you know, results and in addition in terms of the way the study is conducted. So we actually started off on a what we call as multi-site prospective uh, blinded study in two reputed hospitals, which are very well known for their uh, ethics and uh, quality of care, which is Narana Hrdayalaya and HCG. Um, and uh, so, so uh, here it is completely blinded. Uh, we had an external CRO uh, who's managed it. You know, if if any of us from Niramai went near um, this study, we had to sign in a register. It was completely done in a non-interfered kind of mode. And this kind of study is absolutely, uh, you know, important and critical for those of uh, whom. Uh, want to actually come up with a clinical decision kind of an innovation in healthcare particularly, right? So so that was something that was a learning. We started off in the second year um, seriously and it took almost one and a half years to get that going. 
So I think this kind of a clinical study uh, and publishing this in a very top journal uh, is is uh, actually very very important, and that's the learning. And after that, uh, we definitely have more uh, acceptance uh, in hospitals to uh, what used to take six to eight months for even uh, you know doing a pilot uh, deployment in a hospital now actually takes maybe um, you know uh, sometimes six days, but yeah, max six weeks or something like that. So that's uh, that's something we've seen made a huge difference as well as regular. Regulatory clearance. Of course, we were always uh, regulatory cleared uh, for India before we started a commercial deployment. Uh, however, after we got a CE approval, which means regulatory clearance for Europe, Asia, and Africa mostly, um, so so the Indian hospitals started adopting us more, and we are on the, on the way for USFDA. So where I'm going is that in order to get a deep tech adoption in commercial setting, it's important to get the clinical efficacy and the regulatory clearance. And that uh, is almost like a first step for uh, commercialization. Obviously, you can do some pilots and, uh, you know, uh, small installations in a adjunct mode, but uh, real uh, business happens like this. Um, and also, Hari, our sales team is a small team right now because we focus more on learning how to sell, learning the product market fit and making sure, uh, you know, we can create the, uh, you know, the sales book or cookbook or whatever so that, you know, we can get any salesperson to actually start selling. Because uh, for deep tech, again, uh, I learned there's this concept called concept sell, right? And it's not selling a commodity, uh, like maybe you're selling a syringe or something. It's much easier because everyone knows why a syringe is needed. And finally, it's about what is the sort of the you know different quality, different features of your syringe, or what's the cost of it, right? Whereas when you go and say that it's a thermal imaging based, AI based, uh, you know, uh, breast cancer screening, nobody has ever heard about it or not used so heavily. So it's really about you to sell the concept of why this test and. And so on. So usually we really require a very smart sales and business development people, whom we have, of course. And then uh, now, then we decide and understand what is the value proposition, uh, and then uh, start training uh, our uh, partners to actually uh, sell this also. So, so that has been a long journey. Uh, we could have done much more if uh, COVID um, wasn't around, I guess. Uh, but now uh, again, we are picking up the scale. But uh, we've consciously made a, um, a decision that we'll probably uh, partner more uh, with the people who already have the hospital network, so that you know it becomes much easier for us to uh, scale up. Uh, so that that's been my learning. I'm not sure whether it answers completely your question, but happy to sort of take uh, additional questions on this. I, I get the sense that uh, if COVID had not been there, you probably would have gotten there earlier. But even now, you're at a point where you've got your product really ready to take on a much larger operation. Yes. So what at this point, uh, what are the biggest uh, hurdles? Actually, uh, now, uh, because of uh, the confidence we have gotten and all of this, uh, I think... Um, I don't see a major hurdle as such. Of course, uh, for international expansion, we have to do the study. It's more the time aspect of it. Uh, but but now we are ready to be installed uh, in any hospital, any um, diagnostic center or a private clinic in India. To do you know we have that confidence now? So now we are just looking for good partners who can help us scale much much faster, and then uh, and then move on, especially in India. 
and hopefully uh, one of the biggest things that uh, improve the scale is uh, government adoption so i guess if you can call it hurdle or more like a, a you know a possible a next step and we hope that will happen is government uh, saying uh, giving a green flag for the installation of this in like as many places as possible and then probably a policy clearance uh, would be wonderful to make people comfortable about um, you know um, using this test and uh, providing this test as either a hospital or a end user so that's sort of uh, the the biggest thing from india perspective for uh, international as i mentioned <clears throat> we are looking for, uh, to raise next round of funding so that uh, we can invest for aggressively right to go Uh, in the international market because we've already started getting a lot of leads from not just in um you know europe but other other parts of the uh, world as well so for that of course uh, we need uh, to make sure we have a nice good team which can uh, handle all of the uh, leads and also work on the regulatory front and any studies that are needed so uh, hopefully we will uh, be able to expand beyond india soon more aggressively All right. Uh, in terms of the business model, what kind of uh, models uh, have you considered? Uh, for example, would you like to sell the device also, or would you prefer to install the device uh, or deploy it in hospitals and then charge some kind of a subscription for every screening that is done? What kind of models do you think would work best for Nirmay? Yeah. So uh, you you. Your question was very good. You know uh, exactly. So we actually do both 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 models for hospitals and diagnostic centers. One is what is called as a capex model, another is opex model. Having said that, at the end of the day, uh, you know we uh, we go with subscri- subscription based because the key value proposition we are bringing to table is. uh you know to to do this automated interpretation or automated generation of the reports which of course will go through a certifying with the doctor but uh, most of the work on interpretation is done um in terms of the factual interpretation so that is uh, that is our main value proposition so it is a paper use model um, um but of course the hardware is not expensive as such uh, if they buy off the hardware then per screening charges will be much much lower and many hospitals prefer to do that you know uh, because uh, it's it's much uh, simpler and easier to do with unlimited screenings and so on uh, we also have another business model which is uh, more like a screening camp that can be conducted i um, you know could be a corporate who wants to do screening camp for a week for all their women employees so that is basically an outreach business model where our team or our partners team actually goes to the corporate to actually do the screening it could be in an apartment and so so here we charge per uh, per day basis uh, so for unlimited number of people who can come in of course there's a max out on about 50 60 screens we can do but yeah so so that's another mode uh, the camp mode uh, is the other mode of charging we do and uh, yeah i mean that's that's mostly um, how it is and we also have now developed a lower cost um, you know um, model for triaging only that is just to say whether it's abnormal or normal and this uh, we do it like an annual unlimited uh, screening mode so only one time and every year you just you know do some kind of an amc with it so this is the uh, most suitable for let's say a phc or uh, basically a village center where um you know it's important to support volume as well as probably also in private clinics like a gynecologist instead of doing a hand examination she can just quickly do this test to figure out a abnormal or normal and then uh, direct it 
her the, the patient to the right hospital for more detailed tests. So uh, these are some of the uh, different models for different type of uh, uh, you know reports that we generate and uh, offers we give business models. Mm. You already have uh, sophisticated AI software that you have developed at Niramai, and today cloud computing is uh, much more mainstream. So I was just wondering whether that is another area where you might want to offer your technology to anyone from anywhere in the world who wants to send their images to your cloud and maybe your AI can analyze it and send back results irrespective of which device was used for screening. I mean, is that something that makes sense to you? Absolutely, you know, uh, right on the dot. For international customers, uh, uh, we don't want to get into the hardware, um, you know, servicing or uh, deployment part. Uh, so there, our pure mode is uh, SaaS mode, where uh, we give them a list of um, uh, thermal cameras that we support, and they can procure it from the local vendors. And, uh, and you know, they, we just provide the AI service. Uh, it, the only thing is that because of the GDPR regulations, uh, we need to have uh, a cloud instance uh, probably in, um, you know, some of the key countries um, like Europe, there'll be an installation in US, but other places uh, we could we could look at, um, you know, other kind of uh, GDPR options. But uh, yes, you know, it'll be a SaaS, pure SaaS play. Yes. Uh, thanks for reminding. And uh, you said earlier on that uh, you're at, the stage where you would require your next level of funding. Just to extend that question slightly uh, to the broader level, at the ecosystem level, an, an ecosystem that can support uh, deep science and engineering based companies out of India, where do you see it today? Is it mature enough where companies like Niramai can start getting uh, more sizable growth capital? And also in terms of on the talent front, so far, what have you done? Did you have to hire talented people and then train them? Or did you also find people who had some experience in the kind of areas that you were looking at? So let me answer the second question first. Uh, so from a hiring standpoint, uh, we did both. Uh, if there are really, especially for younger uh, or junior roles, um, you know, we uh, hired people who had the fire in them or fire in the belly or whatever, and uh, who were smart enough to learn on the ground and uh, uh, train them or adapted them or, you know, also uh, they themselves came with some ideas. So so we did that. Uh, for se more senior roles, uh, you know, uh, we did uh, actually uh, get people who have done uh, this before. Uh, not building a product, not necessarily a completely new innovative product uh, for sales and marketing or clinical or um, you know, other uh, marketing or other roles, but um, uh, at least they've done similar roles in a health tech scenario. So that is what uh, we, uh, you know, uh, hired for, especially in the senior, uh, essentially leadership roles, business group leaders. Um, so here, of course, we need people who have done this and also are uh, willing to unlearn and learn and be open, adapt and, uh, you know, to the situation of the startup world, particularly, and uh, also uh, who believe in the vision, who are 
um, who are almost on, on, like, you know, one of the co-pilots, right? So because we are on a mission and they need to sort of sign up because they believe in what we are trying to do. And that becomes extremely critical, especially for the leadership team. So so I'm I'm very thankful. Like, we do have a wonderful bunch of, uh, you know, um, leaders now uh, for both, uh, you know, the business, uh, clinical um, marketing and um, HR and all of these. So, so those form the cream. And of course, uh, we have an excellent extended team as well who's very passionate about um, making a difference. I think every member of Niramai is now so much aligned with our mission. So it's wonderful. I call them Niramai family. So that's sort of been the fun part of uh, one of the fun parts of um, you know what we've been able to achieve is to build this wonderful team. Um, so, so the first question, um, yes, we've started uh, discussions on, on the next round of funding. Um, and uh, I think it's it's too early for me to sort of make any judgmental call here. Uh, but, but yes, we do get a little bit of a, um, you know, everybody is positive, right? You know, to start with, it's wonderful. We're changing the world and all that. But yeah, so there is some kind of an expectation that you're, you'll also have a deep tech, you'll also do it in healthcare and do all the clinical studies and you'll get international expansion and also have such high revenues that, you know, that you'll find in a finance or, a, you know, an e-commerce company. So that's the expectation they come with. And uh, it's not like too bad, but um um, you know, obviously we don't have like skyrocketing revenue so that uh, uh, some people are able to appreciate uh, and their level of uh, expectations, but maybe some people, uh, especially from, from India, are expecting uh, a different kind of uh, uh, growth numbers, uh, you know. Whereas when we actually talk to uh, like a US-based or Singapore-based investor, there is more understanding and uh, the expectation matches much, uh, much higher. That's my initial uh, Initial um, understanding. Maybe, maybe I'm not at met uh, the right care of people yet. I want to go back to what you are really passionate about, which is developing the underlying technology at Niramai. I mean, that's the sense that I get. Give us a sense of uh, the future. I don't know, three years or five years down the line. As you know, there's a lot of, uh, on the one hand, hardware miniature miniaturization happening. And on the other hand, uh, I mean, you, you are, of course, part of the whole ecosystem that's building ever more sophisticated software. These days, uh, so many things can be done on the smartphone, even on a wristwatch and so on. So from the cancer detection point of view, give us a flavor of what kind of things will be very easy in the future. Sure, sure. So, um Yes, uh, you know, what I, what excites me more is to, you know, save lives using technology and whatever it takes to reach every person on earth, right? So that's sort of the vision, like, you know. So uh, so from that standpoint, yes, uh, you know, we look at different types of products which can address the needs of the market. Um, so one of them, for example, when you want to, um, you know, bring down the cost of the CapEx and, and also the OpEx and, and the report generation, then you have to innovate, right? You know, and, and you're absolutely right. Uh, one of the direction of innovation is in miniaturizing um, or, or bringing this uh, breast cancer screening to the mobile phones, right? So now you have, um, you know, just starting to see mobile phones with thermal camera embedded in them or part of the whole system. So uh, we now have an app which can do the sort of full screening if it actually sort of, you know, if somebody can get hold of this sort of uh, thermal camera enabled um, phones, right? In the meantime, we also uh, have integrated um, a plugin or a, like a um, 
attachment to a mobile phone, um, which is a thermal camera attachment from a mobile phone. And we call this Maitri, we put a box around it to make sure that it's sturdy and all that. And uh, the, the other accessories. And now this sort of mobile phone and mobile camera based uh, uh, unit is now ready for commercial use, uh, you know, at a low cost uh, uh, usage for triaging, which I briefly mentioned earlier. So this is, uh, uh, you know, one of the latest uh, developments. Uh, the other technology products we are working on is to look at this, not just for breast cancer, but for breast health. So when I say breast health, it is one is risk assessment. Second is uh, breast health is also important for pregnancy and mother care, right? You know, and so how do we sort of, you know, um, make sense of these algorithms output uh, to help women who are going to be new mothers soon or just sort of given birth to babies? And how do we help them, um, you know, take care of their babies in the right way of lactation guidance and so on? So this is a new product called Mother Care that we have, uh, uh, you know, uh, recently uh, started working on pilots have been extremely successful. A patent has been granted as well. So we will be releasing this as a new product. Um, so the same way, the technology that we have developed is not limited to just breast cancer or breast health. Uh, we've, uh, for example, uh, some of you would have heard about uh, Bill Melinda Gates founded, uh, sorry, funded uh, research project for using the same technology for skin abnormality detection. It's called River Blindness Project, which also um, went on very successfully, completed the phase one and phase two of the project. And so, so this gave they gave us a confidence that we can actually extend this technology to make it work on multiple other abnormalities. So we have now started looking at uh, head and neck cancer through thyroid, uh, oral, and so on. And uh, so, so we believe this technology, uh, which we have developed, can be in future extended to detect different types of cancer, different types of abnormalities in the body. Hopefully, a whole body scan, completely automated reporting, may not be in the next two to three years, but you know, definitely something that is possible as a future kind of vision or direction where uh, this whole uh, tech can go to. And uh, but but having said that, yeah, every product that we develop uh, needs to go through the regulatory clearance and clinical efficacy testing, and that is something that we will not compromise. Uh, you know, while uh, building and releasing new products. So yes, that goes hand in hand. But uh, it's very exciting to be uh, creating a new way of detecting abnormalities in the body. Really interesting conversation. Definitely learned a lot, uh, Dr. Geetha. Thank you so much for making time for this. And I definitely hope to keep the conversation going. Thanks a lot. It was an excellent comment. I really loved it <laughs> myself. <laughs> that was Dr. Geetha Manjunath. That's it for this conversation. You can find all our podcasts at ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.